0: Episode two of bruise news. And for those watching on video, you see a very familiar face. If you follow we're live, pal, we did not get to record this week. So I was like, Hey, I have to get Andrew on bruise news. Cause I missed talking to this guy. What's
1: up, Andrew. Dude. I, I regret not being able to do it. I still don't feel a hundred percent, man. Oh, uh, it, 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 that's why rich. I didn't have rich in the studio today. When we did Matt, man, I'm just like, I came down with like the stomach bug and it's still Kicking the crap out of me.
0: <laughs> well, you know, it's because you work a lot, you know, you're going to have to take some time, you know, rest yeah. up a little bit.
1: Well, n- nonstop. I'm like, Vince, I'm watching him right now while we're doing the <laughs> show right now. I- I'm like, first of all, he's wearing the same outfit I'm wearing to work today. Oh, you there know? You go. Got the tightest jeans on, got the blazer. I put mine no. away. I'm like, all right, not bad, you know? If I look like that guy in my 70s, I did well.
0: Okay, but do you have the same shoes here?
1: No, but do you the- want to see my shoes? i'll yeah, show sure. you i got alligator red bottoms
0: see like why well, that's what i expected vince to wear and he wore some like asic sneakers with his I got, suit on, I know, on that McAfee I know. show
1: i got alligator red bottoms on <laughs> all
0: right so uh we'll, we'll get we'll, we'll get to the the vince mcafee thing unfortunately i thought it was going to be over by the time we recorded so i thought we we're going to actually have some news there is one piece of news that came out of that show but um We'll 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 get to that in a second because the thing that I wanted to to bring you on about was to talk about this Tony Khan deal uh, yesterday on on Dynamite. He acquired Ring of Honor, and I just wanted to read the 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 top of this quote: "Ring of Honor's influence on modern professional wrestling is etched permanently in the history books, and this acquisition ensures that its legacy will be kept alive and treated." With the utmost respect, obviously there's a library, RH library thing to this. Um, but what did you think of that announcement when you saw it go live?
1: So it, it's interesting because a lot of the elements. Um, I, I think you, you, we, we spoke about this yesterday. You know, we, I was going back and forth with you because uh, I got a couple messages from people saying, you know, he's definitely acquired an international re- pro wrestling promotions catalog or library yeah. I, I can't remember what it was and i'm like that's an interesting way of wording it um the first time i heard it was from a non-wrestling person the second time i heard it it was a lot of people within wwe saying the same thing so uh i envisioned he had just acquired the library but you know ring of honor still plays in the mix ring of honors an international promotion technically you know i yeah. and i didn't really understand what they meant by international um, WWE assumed it was a Japanese promotion that was not new Japan. So your options are really limited. I mean, you got all oh, Japan. All Japan
0: then- was kind of, I think people were kind of tweeting about that yesterday. Yeah. W- was all Japan. And you and I had that, had the discussion. We were going over every possible yeah. company that, that was uh, there. But So let's go back to this quote. Cause I think there's a, a piece of it here, uh, where, uh, he says, um, this deal adds thousands of hours of content to a rapidly growing library and creates new opportunities to expand our footprint on a national and global scale. So yeah. that that is probably where that that comes from. So you had you made a tweet yesterday where you heard that uh streaming w- w- was going to be the deal. Now based off of what the ROH brand is, Part of that is the library. It would assume that they are creating this back catalog to then sell that to a a streaming service. Do you still feel confident that that is sort of the next thing on the table for them?
1: Yeah, I I do. Um, It's been on the table for them for a long time. And this is something they've been attempting to do for quite some time. You know, they. Having a streaming partner to catalog your archives, you know, to to display your library of content, is an important part, especially in 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 sports. You know, uh, I, I think, and especially with rest, pro wrestling, we saw with WWE what they did with the network. It was revolutionary for a lot of people. Uh, it brought back a ton of disenfranchised viewers. Uh, I can tell you, a lot of my buddies came back. There were there were a couple moments that they came back. Obviously, AEW is one of those. Right, yeah. a, a lot of people came back for AEW. Uh, The Bullet Club boom was another one. I'm saying in in recent times, right? The Bullet Club boom brought back a lot of disenfranchised fans because it was reminiscent of the wrestling that they followed. Uh, And I definitely think the network was one of those. A lot of my buddies that hadn't mentioned a word about pro wrestling, you know what? They signed up and they started watching all the Monday Night War stuff. All the stuff Uh, from
0: when they were kids.
1: All the stuff when they were a kid. And I think there is a market for having your content on there. Obviously, AEW is only two and a half years old. And they only have a handful of pay-per-views that they could put on, but you know, you get a ring of honor that has 20 years of archives to kind of piggyback on that. And maybe you do get, you know, not saying DDT, but maybe, you know, DDT or, or, or Joshi pro or something on there that gives you access to something else. You now have created a, a, I mean, you evaluated your company's value uh, tremendously. Uh, You, you evaluate, I can't think. Sorry. Uh, You've, You've taken your company's value Mm -hmm. for evaluation and you've brought it up tremendously because you have assets now more assets than you, than you had, you know, yesterday. So I think this is an approach for them, but I I definitely think having that streaming provider, hopefully it's HBO max that's the rumblings. uh, It'll, it'll be a great platform for them.
0: Okay. Here's the piece of that news that didn't make much sense to me, which is the, uh, ROH brand, keeping the ROH brand alive. I have, a- a- and Dave and Brian talked about this on, on Wrestling Observer Radio. I cannot fathom why you would run an ROH branded show when AEW is the hottest upstart pro wrestling brand in the last you know i don't know how many years right like they are the hot yeah. thing those three letters are hot so why would you even think of running anything with the roh name
1: yeah i mean that's a great question um you know the same we could say the same argument for ecw and what wwe did you know why would you dedicate an hour of programming for a brand that you don't have uh, it doesn't have the recognition that that you know you do, I, I don't I'm not crazy about running another promotion at, for aew. I already think and, I, and I've said this before and people think I'm crazy. I think rampage was a detriment to dynamite. not it wasn't a companion that elevated them. I think it was a detriment because you've now taken talent that you're putting front and center in front of one point1 million people. And you're taking that talent out and you're putting it in front of a half a million people. I get why they did it. We all know, you know, they want a third hour. But, you know, he, here's a theory. You take that Dark Elevation show, you rebranded Ring of Honor, and you make it into your developmental program. And now you, there, there is something to combat uh, NXT. Now you have an answer for NXT where you have your own developmental program. You stick to the Code of Honor stuff. You occasionally bring in the Ring of Honor guys, you know, originals over there. And now you have an incubator with a you know a name that has a better name than dark elevation
0: so the thing that makes sense to me is if they did a version of ring of honor on their streaming whatever the streaming thing is right yeah you you you, you continue that name you establish that name and you can can kind of run it as two separate entities the problem with that though is when you want to sell tickets to it
1: it's got to be AEW presents Ring yeah. of Honor, right? Yeah. And you know when you do that, Garrett. You know when you do that in the Hammerstein.
0: <laughs> well, there you go.
1: You do that at the Hammerstein that you run. You know, you could run a once a year show there that you highlight all your developmental talent and you have some of these Ring of Honor originals that could show. Um, I feel like I, I've gone back like to 2005 <laughs> talking about the the, the originals. You yeah, know, like the yeah. CW originals. Um, I I I don't. I don't have enough time already with wrestling. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what a AEW presents ring of honor product would look like weekly, but does right. it have to be that? I mean, uh, you know, I think Dave was mentioning, you know, developmental uh, on uh, wrestling observer live. And you know, that is something that's missing for AEW. They don't have a developmental program. I know that they're doing a lot with dark elevation and, and, and dark and where they have a lot of the guys that aren't on TV, but um, you know, Do you need to sell tickets? It can be a studio show, you know, and that kind of takes that touring out of the window where you don't have to worry about touring. Uh, You're, you're in a, you're in a, by the way, Pat McAfee is losing his mind. I don't know what's happening on the screen. I I can just uh, see him jumping up and down. So
0: so, uh, our friend, our friend Daza here says uh, Vince is offering pat a match at mania. So, well I don't know much other than that, but thanks <laughs> I <don't> to <laughs> thanks to Daza for uh, for sending it. So, here's a here's a question. Yeah. Um and this comes from somebody who's who's watching uh from Andy Bowen. He says, "I think TK watches the ROH Weekly Show, he signed Jay Lethal after a Best of Show and then buys ROH after Danielson, Samoa Joe and Punk Hall of Fame episodes." So, here's a here's a, what, what what I was wondering is that if you're Tony Khan, were you, A, a giant Ring of Honor fan, it sounds like he was, and B, if you are somebody who thinks about wrestling in the prestige of history, right? How do we want to make wrestling better for the history? WWE has gone this way with it, and I like, it's funny because Pat asked Vince about why he calls it sports entertainment instead of wrestling. And Vince said to distinguish ourselves, like we want it to be different. But if, if you, if you are looking at this and saying, how do we continue the, the history and the archive of wrestling, having the ROH brand go dead and not exist any longer and be bought by WWE to just literally become uh, the the library. I could see Tony doing that. And, you know, he's got the money. It's he's, he's a very, wealthy person comes from a, a tremendously wealthy family um and at some point he probably in the back of his mind has this idea that oh you know if we ever decide to do some sort of invasion angle i can do it better you know and, you know and, on, on all those things but do you think that a lot of this comes from his fandom and his fandom of actual wrestling
1: yeah 100 percent. listen i and you know he he's i don't know Tony. Uh, I know that you've spoken to Tony, mm-hmm. uh, Dave, Dave knows Tony and uh, and people that know him know that he is a a a pro wrestling fan. He's a historian. His his knowledge of the business is more than people that have spent 30, 40 years in the business. You know, yeah. he, he's a, an unbelievably smart guy. Um, it, it could be just for himself. And, and that's amazing that he could do that. But he's also a business guy, and he's not doing this as a vanity project or anything like that. He really wants to improve the industry. And I, I'm not, and, and I use this on Mat Men today. You know, WWE, they, they have become, in, for, in terms of pro wrestling history, they have become the, the Library of Alexandria, right? They, they're in possession of nearly all the promotions at this point. Anything that's worth watching, they have access to that. I don't like having them tell the story of the industry mm-hmm. uh having one person possessing or one company possessing an entire industry uh, not, it's not my thing listen i'm all for competition i think that people should be able to watch whatever they want but sure i think for in ring of honors case if wwe did get that archive they would have just slapped it on there half-assed yeah. more than anything else because we've seen what they did with wccw we saw uh, a lot of tapes are missing from from uh, Mid South. A lot of those stuff is is like in pieces. Yeah, uh, tr- a- AWA. A lot of that stuff is in pieces and still not accessible. So, I, I when you look at it in that sense, I think Tony will do the best for preserving the image of Ring of Honor for what it was, and also honoring these guys. You know, they have a Hall of Fame now. All those guys going in the Hall of Fame are, you know, they're they're, they're AEW or AEW bound guys. Um, you know, you could keep the Hall of Fame, call it the, the Honor Club or whatever you want. They already have the rings, you know, yeah. uh, for it, 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 it feels very the, the synergy between these two companies and Tony works. Um, I'm hoping that, you know, the the streaming service is the big focus now yeah. on where do you put this? I don't think Honor Club's the answer. I don't think anybody says that Honor Club's the answer. And I also don't think they need to build out their own platform. Uh, the 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 growth for business to be in front of forty five to fifty million people that HBO has with HBO Max total HBO HBO Max total um, is is something that you don't really get an a, an opportunity for especially for a Ring of Honor Ring of Honor will be in front of more people than they've ever been in front of yeah with one move with yeah. one archive move you know when you're trying to sell you know your developmental program and maybe call it Ring of Honor and you're trying to sell a yearly special or or you know, twice a year special. What better place to market your product than in front of fifty million people, rather than being being behind you know nothing.
0: And and uh, yeah, no, uh, I I definitely agree with that. Um, it's it's you know well this is fun because it'll be a, an ongoing story. And oh, HBO, tons of fun. HBO tons. Max is going to uh probably add a whole lot of subscribers this weekend because the los angeles lakers document or a a docu not even a docu-series just a series winning time uh it uh comes out this weekend so there's gonna be i'm looking looking
1: forward i'm looking forward to an AEW and euphoria crossover oh there we go (laughs) you know but one one other thing that that people are not thinking about is the merchandising opportunities here right we were talking about you know, we're not in the DVD business, and I think Dave had mentioned like you know they don't have the opportunities that WWE did with uh, what when they p- bought you know the WCW archives and the and the and the ECW stuff because they were able to pump out these Blu-rays and DVDs. Now we're all streaming, and everything is on on you know a service. But we're we're forgetting the licensing, right? Yeah. Uh, the toys. You could do a whole ring of honor collection for, you know, CM Punk, a Danielson, all these guys. Yeah. And now you've now you have assets again, more assets than before. So I think the merchandising opportunities are going to be tremendous for them. They're going to be able to make some really good money. They've solidified a little bit better as being, you know, a you know, the pro wrestling company in the business and not sports entertainment. And I don't think this is the only footage that he's going to use. I think he's going to go after some other companies. Uh and and build it build a library. yeah That I mean that that that's gonna be good, like he's like we said for the
0: for the wrestling industry. Andrew, uh you've stayed on much longer than uh I'm so I sorry asked for I took no, no 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 that this is to the benefit of the show. I, I'm appreciative. Um and well what's on uh wrestling observer live this weekend?
1: Oh I gotta figure out who my guest is. I'm trying to get Brian on. I have to reach out. You just reminded me. Thanks, Gary. There you you always remind me on, on bookings. <laughs> 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 uh but we're gonna have um we're going to have Brian on, hopefully, and then we're going to do uh, hour one. We're doing two hours this week for Wrestling there Observer Live. Uh, hour two is going to be a a Matman takeover with Rich and I running down the uh, AW Revolution pay-per-view. And then on the F4W YouTube account, the Wrestling Observer U- YouTube account, we're going to be doing our watch-along, which I'm sure you you'll know. call in.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll try. I don't know. We'll see. It's going to be a full house at Dave's this weekend, I think, to, to watch. What kind of...
1: Of charcuterie board that <laughs> Dave Meltzer served—that's the question everybody has.
0: Uh, I don't know, man. I'll, w- only thing I see when I go into the kitchen is just a bunch of pro wrestling torch newsletters. <laughs> um, all right, so so uh, so so, thank thanks for hanging out, and uh, we'll be back as well next week with uh, we're live, pal. All right, thanks, Andrew. Thank you. All right, now we're gonna bring on two of my favorite people here. Oliver Kopp, and Paul Fontaine. So we're going to talk about AEW Revolution. Oliver and I have done uh, a bunch of AEW previews before the pay per view. So we'll we'll do we won't do the full show, but we'll do a lot of that here. Paul hosts the Dynamite Show on the Fight Game Media Patreon. Um, and the one thing I wanted to say before this, though, as it's just so weird, this Vince McMahon Pat McAfee interview is still ongoing. Uh, Vince did say. <laughs> that he is going to induct The Undertaker into the Hall of Fame. So he believes that he is uh, a a draw and that people will hopefully buy tickets. I thought, you know, and this is Oliver's idea. The reason I'm bringing this up is because this was Oliver's idea, which was to kind of have a little bit of a roast of The Undertaker you had mentioned. And then I also thought if you didn't do that, maybe you have all of his greatest foes all kind of induct him at the same time. And it just becomes this Undertaker uh, award, Undertaker Hall of Fame night. And then Paul had an idea of you know, ho- wishing that they had some footage of Paul Bearer that that that. And like all of these things together, no, we just get Vince. <laughs> Oliver, what do you think about Vince being the inductor?
2: I would not have thought it ever get, was ever going to happen because Vince has been adamant not to be at the Hall yes. of Fame, never to be inducted, never to be a presenter, never never to be associated with it. He always stayed backstage. So this is a big surprise, but I think it's the right call
1: because
2: yes. it doesn't get any more special than The Undertaker at WrestleMania.
0: And I think they, they had mentioned the only time that he's ever inducted someone was Austin. I was at that Hall of Fame ceremony and I was deeply disappointed because they made everyone wrap up in like ten minutes, like you had, uh, I think Terry Funk and Dory Funk there, and they're getting the wrap up sign, and it's just like man, like uh, so they won't do that this time. I'm sure Vince will have as much time as he wants to tell Undertaker stories, but uh, but Paul, th- th- just just before
3: we move on to AEW, throw out your Paul bearer idea. Well, it was I, you know, I essentially was thinking that maybe they, you know, obviously they knew a long, long time ago that they're going to be inducting undertaker into the hall of fame so i thought you know what record something with paul Bear, you know just in case um or you know splice together footage from like dvds and stuff that they've done and uh you know have have paul Bear or you know the hologram of paul Bear or whatever you want to call it induct the undertaker i just thought that would have been a kind of a special idea and in this day and age you can you can do it i mean they're doing concerts right now with holograms that people are paying to go watch so you could certainly have paul Bear induct the undertaker into the hall of fame
2: Bruce Kutcher does a great Paul Bearer, by the way. Oh, there you (laughs) go.
0: There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So, Oliver, we've been doing these AEW previews. And I think the last time, or it's maybe been a couple times, I always kind of come in and go, okay, what are you feeling? Like, what is your anticipation for the show? I mean, All Out was one of the – I'm trying to think if it was the best wrestling pay-per-view I've ever seen. You at U.S., we'll keep it at U.S., Um, It's definitely the best wrestling show I ever attended live, and I've attended some some pretty big shows, some pretty big WrestleManias, Um, but when it came to, uh, when it comes to Revolution, what is, what is the, like, if you were to rate it on a 1 to 10 on how interested you are coming into this show this weekend, how would you rate it?
2: Now, if it were a two-match show but with CM Punk against MJF and Kingston against Jericho, I'd say a 10 out of 10. So that's what I'm, where I'm going to be. Like, I'm going to be anticipating the heck out of this.
0: How you know you what, guys? though? But by you saying that, I had this discussion on our Facebook group today. Adam Page and Adam Cole, that match is being very much um, – I guess it's, it's it's in a sense, it's a little underwhelming because you mentioned two matches and you didn't mention the men's title match. Uh, I just I kind of wonder what is when the belt it's going to be the main event. Tony Khan's already said it's going to be the main event. Is it on the wrong person is because we've had this discussion before, like there is a there is a romanticism to to Adam Page's overall run being there from the beginning and, and sort of coming together at the end with beating Kenny Omega at the, at the November show, he's being overshadowed though. And I'm not exactly sure I have the right reason. I have a couple of thoughts. I mean, you just have some giant stars who are, who are uh, in, in bigger matches, more interesting matches, but knowing wrestling, the way that you know it and Paul want to get your thoughts right Mm -hmm. after like, why, why is Adam Page's title run a little overshadowed here?
2: I guess because it might be lacking focus. He's not in the program enough, in my opinion. He doesn't look strong enough. I mean, in his matches, he looks great. But leading up to the matches, sometimes he kind of gets into the same situation over and over where somebody else kicks his ass. And it makes him look weak, but he recuperates and he kind of comes back the next week and, 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 and wins wins. I mean, he outlasted Brian Danielson. He beat Lance Archer at his own game, the Texas death match. Now he's got a guy who's faster than he is, which is a new situation for him. So maybe they're just checking off all the boxes with him in order to build a title reign that people are going to remember, not necessarily because there was this one flashy moment, but because he defended against a vast, different array of people, vastly different array.
3: Paul, do you have any thoughts on why? Paige might be... Yeah, I do. Um, I mean, it's a lot of what Oliver said. I also think that, I mean, it's... He just doesn't have the charisma and the star power of some of these other guys that are being focused on. Oliver mentioned two matches. He didn't even mention Moxley and Danielson which yeah. I think would be a lot of people's And that's favorite. mine. That, yeah. that, 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 that along with Punk and MJF. Not are to mention, two. you've also got the rematch of Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa who had like the match of the year. So we're talking about the world title match possibly being no higher than the fourth most anticipated singles match on the card and maybe the fifth. Then you've also got that face of the revolution ladder match. You've got the three-way tag team match, which is going to steal the show. I mean, it may be the seventh biggest match on the show. And Wait, it's the what world did title you say
0: was going to steal the show? The three way tag team hook, title. Hook. That's oh, on the oh, show. Oh, got it, got it. For some. When you said that, the what went to my head was the 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 trios match that they said. Oh that,
3: well, that's to, oh I mean, that's probably gonna be really good too. But no, I mean, I, I, mean, I, mean I mean, I mean, yeah.
0: Sting the Sting yeah, match. No, no, uh, no. I was like, yeah, you mean the Sting match where. No.
3: Sting. No, but that's I mean, there's excitement so excitement. Did not yeah. get above a one in his promo <laughs> last night. <laughs> well, I, I buried that on the Dynamite show, but uh, and Darby, like I don't know what he was doing, but so, yeah. Uh, yeah, but no, I, I mean, that's So I mean, it's what the sixth, seventh biggest match on the show. So that's part of it. And then you know, like yeah, his he just doesn't have that overall personality. But, I mean, he definitely has it in the ring. I mean, you know, in ring, this might be one of the classic world title rings of all time by the time we're done. Um, This Cole match will probably be like another five-star match, you know, according to Dave anyways. Um, (laughs) You know, and even Adam Cole, like I just think that he hasn't really been lighting the world on fire. He's in these segments with the Elite and the Red Dragon, and he's like the fifth guy in the group you know and he just kind of blends into the background he does not come off like a world title whereas like in nxt he was like the big dog he's the guy he was the guy for like four years and here he's just an, another like little dude on the show uh so oliver let's talk about one of the matches that you
0: said you were looking most forward to cm punk and mjf what have you thought about this storyline so far specifically focusing on the last 2 weeks where they really really dialed it up with uh, with their segments.
2: It's been a masterclass in my opinion. Um I didn't have the highest opinion of MJF for the longest time, but he's made me a believer, 100%. And I loved the genius of going back to something that happened several years ago. And every one of us was thinking this is bullshit. Yes. <laughs> and then he produced the Facebook posts he referenced. That was genius. One of the best long burn wrestling angles that we didn't even know about 10 years ago, five years ago, eight years ago. Yeah. Coming to fruition now. It's perfect.
0: Yeah. No, I, I'm, uh, I, I'm with you. Okay. So, but answer this question for me because my, I, th- I think both performances have been great. The one issue I have, and I and I talked about this with with John Larocca the last couple of nights, uh, last couple of shows on the Fight Game Podcast, is I don't understand Punk's gullibility in this. So, if uh, so, MJF, he's been a heel and, and a chicken bleep heel for the entire time, right? So he's a liar, he's a cheater. That's that's who he is. If that is who he is. And then he comes to Punk. Isn't Punk's initial instinct, well, this guy's just a chicken bleep heel. Like, why would I believe him? So last week, not this week, last week when he did the thing, when he came into the ring, I was like, I don't know if I buy it because I, as a wrestling fan who is not just watching to watch, I'm looking for holes, you know, not everyone watches this way, obviously. But, and I was like, oh, I, w- I can't buy it because I don't think he's being truthful. I think he is trying to set punk up and he is trying to set me up as a fan. And so fast forward last night, the, the, the gullibility is there again for punk. And then he pays for it. And I'm saying, see, this is why I never believed him in the first place, but CM punk, the babyface, believed him, got beat up, sets up the match. I, I again, love the performances. I'm having an issue with that one little thing that I couldn't get over, though.
2: Okay. I have a theory there. Okay. So CM Punk used to be a cynical bastard. Ever since he came to AEW, he's been trying to turn over a new page. Happy Punk. Happy Punk. (laughs) He's going to get burned over and over until he reaches his breaking point. That's an interesting theory. You're going to get the the real CM Punk. What do you think about
3: that, Paul. Oh, I think Oliver hit it. And the the other thing is, um, and I don't know how many people picked up on this. I mentioned it on the show last night. It was tweeted out. The promo that he cut on CM Punk, when after he bloodied him up and was hanging him up from the uh, dog collar, it was exact word for word promo Mm -hmm. that CM Punk cut on Raven in ROH. And so he is basically being CM Punk to CM Punk and the the whole promo last week like i took it as a villain origin story so in the villain's mind he believes everything he's saying and he says you made me the way i am right now so you have sympathy for the villain you know it's like the joker and batman it's like lex luthor and superman but along the way he got warped and so even though everything he's saying is true not every normal person wouldn't react the way MJF reacted, but he twisted it and now he blames Punk for everything that's wrong with him. And so it's beautiful. And Punk even saw it coming and he said it hurt people, hurt people. He said, I feel like I'm being gaslit. So he's mm-hmm. not an idiot. He saw this coming, but yep. he just, MJF still sucked him in because he just, at the, his core of core, he couldn't believe that he thought there was some decency in MJF and there isn't. <laughs> You know, so I mean, and that's and that's like what Oliver said. I mean, I've been saying this like from like week four, like Punk is just way too happy. At some point he's going to snap and and we're going to see it. And this feud with MGF might bring him there. So I'm all on board. Like, I I just think this last two weeks has been we don't deserve it. Like, it's been so good. (laughs) All right,
0: Oliver, I don't know. What you know, I don't know what you don't know. But if you were in charge of putting together the finish to this match, how would you
2: go about doing it? That's a tough one because MJF already went over. Yes. But you also don't want to put CM Punk over because MJF is probably going to be the next next title challenger in line. So unless they switch the title to Adam Cole and have CM Punk go, go after the title afterwards, i'm not sure how you put punk over but you almost need to especially after this angle so maybe it's wardlow turning on mjf causing punk to win i don't know but i know i'm here for it doesn't matter what it is i'm here for it
3: paul do you have any thoughts uh, i think i think it's the opposite i think and i think wardlow helps mjf win we get a mini cm punk wardlow feud leading into a rematch at rev or into punk's or sorry mjf's title match at double or nothing and that's where Wardlow turns on on mjf is that double or nothing um and then punk you know i don't know what he does maybe punk ends up turning heel as well like at, at some point but i i think i up until last night i thought punk was gonna win and now i think mjf's gonna win even though the angle was conditioned to make People think, oh, Punk got beat up, he's going to win on Saturday. But I don't think that's what's going to happen, I think, MJF. Because like Oliver said, I think he's the next logical challenger. I've always said all along, MJF is going to be the guy to beat Hangman. And, yeah. All right. Uh, As an aside, are we all
0: getting together in Vegas for double or nothing? Is that happening? What's going on with that? Is everyone going to be in Vegas? I'll be there. Oliver?
2: For me, it depends on what AEW decides to do, whether they bring us in, whether they bring all of us in or just two of the three. It, it depends. But if I can help it, I'm going to be there. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah. The la- I, so. I literally
0: just booked my flights before we recorded. So for the last Double or Nothing, uh, Oliver and I and Carla had a <laughs> had a nice photo from waiting in line to get into that building. And we were kind of hanging out and and spending because, you know, obviously all of us, you know, we, we sort of see each other. Uh, online every once and again, but in person it's kind of like a big deal. So hopefully we will get to do that again. Um, All right. So let's talk about the other match. Uh, Well, we'll we'll come back to Jericho Kingston. Uh, Paul mentioned Moxley and Danielson. And to me, that is the next biggest match. But John and I were talking about this, which is Brian Danielson is so beloved (laughs) <laughs> even doing a great job as a heel that it's almost like this match comes off as baby face versus baby face. And I think it has stunted the heat a little bit because the crowd is not exactly sure who they want to cheer for. Um, do, do you Oliver, Do you sense any of that? Because to me, when it comes to the in-ring, I, I can't wait for this, but I do sense that it's like, there's a little bit of like, do we really want to boo Brian Danielson? We get it. Like, we're in on it. We we, we enjoy the the work. But I kind of like Brian Danielson still. I'm sensing that from, you know, the the crowd and, and from the TV audience.
2: Well, first of all, when I said what I said earlier was that if the other two matches were the only matches on the card, I'd say it's a 10 out of 10. But I'm looking forward to this match tremendously as well. Um I want to say that the match itself is probably pretty smart because nobody's going to boo John Moxley. Yeah, after what happened after his, his stint in, in in wellness school, so to speak, and people don't want to boo Brian Danielson, as you said, but he's been presented as a kick-ass heel so far. But I think if if they have the brutal match that I expect them to have, I think it's got to be beneficial to both guys. And I personally would love to see Danielson, Mox, and Eddie riding a couple of the young guys like Daniel Garcia, maybe even hook Dante Martin and just, you know, steel sharp iron sharpens iron, Mm -hmm. just making them into the next generation's version of themselves. That's what I'm here for. And I think you got to do the match. You got to have them be really brutal to each other in order to appreciate each other in order to stand side by side. That's my fantasy booking. What do I know?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Paul, I, are you sensing the same thing that I'm sensing with the reactions?
3: Well, I think I, I act, honestly, as much as I enjoyed the match and it was a just an excellent match to open the show on last night, um, that was a horrible idea for building Danielson Moxley uh, because I mean you had this 15 minute match where the the first 80% of it, it was babyface versus babyface. And then, you know, uh, Danielson turned heel at the end, you know, at the very end, you know, and kicked his effing head in, you know, and then reminded everybody that he's a heel. And then he did the angle with Moxley. And, I mean, he did his job perfectly. But everything leading up to that was designed to get you to cheer him. Mm -hmm. And so I I think that unless this ends with Danielson and Moxley teaming, I'm going to be disappointed um because i'm so excited about the prospect of this super stable of violent shooters you know of you know and, and i love the idea of kingston being in there um you know and, and i think garcia is a natural and i don't even know if you need any more than that you know you could literally just have the four of them be like um like the kingdom in roh when they brought in adam page you know as like the the guy that was they were building up to be the next guy and and they just teach him to be this this a silent assassin killer um, You know, I can't even think of anybody else in AEW that really fits that mold. Maybe Ali Moriarty, but I don't think he has the charisma that Daniel Garcia has. Are we sensing 30 minute draw here to get to that desired result?
2: No. Who do you think wins? Mox. I got to say, I got to agree. Mox. Okay, for me personally. The, All right. The, the, reason, uh, the reason why I don't think it's going to go to a draw is because the the card is so stacked. Unless yeah. the, it goes five or six hours. You got
0: the Jade Cargill match though; that could be thirty <laughs> second squash. It should
3: be.
2: Take the title off of Jade. Give it to Ty.
0: So, oh, tie with the thirty second squash. Nah, no. <laughs> <not really. laughs> uh, so uh, Daza had a ha- had an idea for. Uh, for this he said that mjf wins punk goes after the title to get it first so that mjf has to give him the rematch there you like go like good, good smart
2: good, that's good, dazza good,
0: uh, good wrestling mind there dazza um all right so i uh, i think gosh i mean i could i think both guys can win i, I, I know that there's a, a sympathy to Tamoxi to right now um, but he's obviously not in the title picture, so they're not running or they're not using that as, as a way to, to you know, get him over or whatever he's already over. I could see both guys winning, which is why the draw thing kind of was in my in my head, because if we if we do, I, there was a lot of people who desperately were like, this is like one of the greatest ideas ever uh, having them together and and being, you know, being this group. And I'm trying to think of what's the way, like, is it about Mox getting Danielson's respect? Is it about Danielson getting Mox's respect? Like, how do we get to that point to where both guys are like, okay, I'm in um, whatever. I, I'm I'm just intrigued at the finish. Like, like a lot of matches on this show. I'm very intrigued in, in
2: how they get there. Well, if you go by the promos, I guess Danielson has to get Mox's respect because Mox said, first, we got to yeah. bleed together. Then we can stand together. Yeah. So I'm, Thinking he he's gonna have to be more brutal than Mox,
3: and and I think Moxley or Danielson has to show Moxley that he's violent. That's what Moxley wants to see. He wants to see violence. So
0: hmm.
3: <laughs> bloods. Uh, I don't know. So there's gonna be a
0: lot of blood on the show. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's talk about Kingston and uh, Jericho. Uh, it is. Um, I don't know. Jericho's got in great shape. Uh, Kingston wasn't on the show last night. I'm assuming he's going to be on Friday to kind of do the the final thing. There was the segment with Jericho and Santana and Ortiz, where he's like, "Are we good?" And I've I've been in that position before. Uh, if you have to ask, are we good? It's <laughs> usually not good. I don't expect it to be good. <laughs> um, but, uh, but 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 w- what what is your uh, Oliver? Why is this? Uh, uh, on your list of top two matches here?
2: Well, first of all, I love the promo they did together last week. Um, It felt real from Eddie's side. It felt like one of the best Jericho promos Jericho has ever done as a sports entertainer. It feels like a clash between two worlds. The most legit guy in AEW, the most real person versus... Arguably the fakest person in the <laughs> world. And I'm not, I, I don't mean that facetiously. I'm, I'm just saying that Jericho is a typical sports entertainer. Kingston is a wrestler's wrestler. Yeah. And to me personally, I love the idea of having Jericho be the guy that Eddie Kingston finally climbs over to get to, to that top echelon that's eluded him so far.
0: And we've been and waiting for that, right? We've been exactly. waiting for Kingston to beat whoever it is to anoint however, him in that way.
2: However, I want Jericho to win this match. Mm -hmm. I want this to be a two or three program series, Mm. a match series, because it's got to mean something for Eddie and he's going to have to claw his way back to that chance and then finally win the big one. Jericho needs to be be validated right now because number one, he's the bigger star, arguably in AEW history uh, compared to Kingston. And number two, if this promo... Set up an Eddie Kingston win. Then Jericho shouldn't have said the last, the last line he said. Right. It should have been Eddie Kingston saying, bring the best Chris Jericho ever or I'm going to eat you alive. You know? Because Jericho was the one who went who left with the heat. So he really needs to beat Kingston. And I hate to say that because I'm 100% team Eddie Kingston. He's like one the biggest breakout star that AEW has had that I did not see coming.
3: Mm-hmm. uh, Paul sure as hell didn't see it coming. No, no, I mean, and and he won me over like within like two months and maybe quicker than that. I I agree with Oliver that, you know, initially I thought Eddie had to win this, but I I do, I I think it's got to be, I think he's got to lose and then get back. And I, I have what I think is the perfect plan, and that is that Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho get to the finals of the Owen at Double or Nothing. And that's where Eddie Kingston gets his big win over Jericho. Because Ooh. Jericho and the Owen, you know, being trained by the hearts, it's natural. And Eddie Kingston getting a win on, you know, it's basically AEW's WrestleMania. Um, I, you know, I think it's perfect. And then, you know, he's the first ever Owen. You can never take that away from him. For me, in some ways, that's bigger than winning, you know, a title, an actual title. Like having that cup. The Owen, specifically. You know, because Owen was a wrestler's wrestler. And a guy that never got his due. So, yeah, I just, I, I'm... If that doesn't happen, I'm gonna be very disappointed. <laughs> I was, I was just looking at uh, an old '88
0: Wrestling Observer, and Dave is writing about Owen James, young rookie oh. Owen James. <laughs> wow. Um, all right, so let, let's let's talk about the two title matches here. So, <clears throat> Hangman Page, Adam Cole, they put over Cole and Red Dragon on TV last night, as you know taking advantage of, of page and um, you know, something that Oliver said about uh, it is also something that I've mentioned is, you know, page seemingly always getting his head handed to him in these, in these segments. I think they had to do it on this one because Cole, I don't know if it's the losing to orange Cassidy thing, um, but he came in hot and did not stay hot. Uh, and even even in winning all of those matches as well, so it wasn't only the Orange Cassidy thing. Um, I don't know if it's getting the NXT group together that that to the AEW fan base they kind of rolled their eyes. I don't know if that's the case either, but I do think that he needed something in order to make people interested in this match. Um, but I don't think Cole is winning. Like I, I think you know they have these long drawn out title pick title uh, ideas and. Now, the game has changed. I'm sure when Tony Khan booked the idea of Adam Page winning the title, his roster looked a lot different. Um, but I still think that he – I don't think they're going to give up on on Page here. I don't know what you do with Cole after if Kenny Omega is not ready. It doesn't sound like he's going to be ready for a couple months because that's sort of the natural way to, to go but uh, title match, I think, I think it's going to be a really good match. I think it's going to have a hard time keeping the crowd because that's the end of a long, long, long show that is probably have seen everything. Uh, Oliver, any thoughts?
2: Well, first of all, I think it's the first match between the two, but it's gonna, they're going to have storylines intertwined for years to come. Uh-huh. I personally believe that the big money is number one in the Kenny Omega rematch, number two in Hangman and Kenny teaming up again. So Hangman, Kenny, and the Bucks against Red Dragon, Adam Cole, and somebody else. That's the one that I'm kind of thinking they're working towards. Um, As far as this match goes, I I agree with you. It's going to be great in the ring. I have no doubt they're going to tear the house down. But coming in last and with not that much anticipation is probably going to hurt the crowd reactions for the match. But um, I I do think it's going to be a really good match. And I think afterwards we're going to go like, whoa. This was much better than we had anticipated, but you know, not every match can be the most anticipated match on the show. Got to be honest.
3: Yeah. Kind of thoughts. thoughts. kind of feels like the uh, Jericho hangman match at the original double or nothing. Uh, That was the one, right. That had to follow the bucks and Lucha brothers, Um, you know, so where you could look back on it and when you watch it on it, isolated it was a great match but at the time watching it it was like uh this you know i'm just not feeling this because i just watched you know i watched cody dustin i watched the bucks <laughs> and the lucha brothers and then i watched these two so yeah i i um i i agree i do think it's going to be a great match though because cole always delivers in a big match and they're going to get time and page i mean pages you know he's averaging four point eight three stars in this title reign <laughs> like i mean it's just insane you know and some like he he wrestled lance archer you know like it's not all the, his opponents you know it's it's him too and uh and cole is always delivers in the big matches as well uh so yeah i i do this is the one though where like if you're doing like an nfl thing where you assign points to you know you're most confident about this result and you're least confident in this I give, you know, this is the most confident I am about any of these matches, and I think it's one hundred percent Cole's or uh, Cole's losing, Page's winning.
0: You you were getting on me the other day for screwing up the Adam Cole, I Adam know,
3: thing, and you just did it. I know, I know, and I do it on the Dynamite Show all the time, and and Daniels and Danielson last night. Oh my god! Yeah, that was a hard one. Page
2: yeah. and Cage and
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. Trust Christian me, it's,
2: Cage. It's difficult on commentary as well sometimes. I can imagine Christian
3: Cage and Ethan Page are wrestling on Rampage, aren't they? Yeah,
2: in Age of the Cage. Yeah.
3: <laughs> all right, uh, the other the other singles
0: title match, um, the the world title match here. Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa. They had the. The match on Dynamite, that was the lights-out match with the blood and was uh, very critically acclaimed, up really high on a lot of best match lists. This time, though, they're not going to have some of the smoke and mirrors that they did. It's going to be a straight match. Uh, last night's match was, was a rough watch. And it wasn't only, like, I wanted to think it was only, like, sort of Hater and, and Mercedes, but I thought Britt's offense was, was oh. really, really bad she was missing a lot of stuff and you know, uh, poor Mercedes was having to, was having to sell for things that like look like they completely missed. Uh, so I, I, you know, again, I have high hopes for this match because I think they'll figure it out and they know that it is time to, you know, to, to put on a great performance, but, uh, on a show, it's, it's so weird because you have so many high level matches. It's really hard to stand out on a show like this and, and, uh, I, I just really look at the, there's going to be a high level of difficulty for them. So I hope my hope is, is that they have something that's going to be different that will allow them to stand out in a, in a positive way. But Oliver, do you you have high hopes for this one?
2: You know, they have a, a lot to live up to from from that Lights Out match they did. Um, I think it's smart that it doesn't have a big stipulation. That's a straight wrestling match because you you, you got to go in a different direction. Um, The one thing that I find kind of concerning is that Britt and Thunder Rosa don't seem to have all that great chemistry together. No. And as you said, the match on Dynamite, I'm not sure if they were just careful not to injure each other before the pay-per-view or if they're not on the same page. It, it was weird. It felt yeah. weird. And I hope that they're going to be in a position on, on Saturday that, number one, the crowd isn't completely dead when they have their match. And number two, that they can take it back to what they did on Dynamite, several months ago, maybe just without the plunder, but with actual wrestling action. But, Paul,
3: uh, the thing that really concerned me about this was the the tag team match on um, on. Wednesday last night. And, and this happened in the main event as well. They were building to spots where th- the two were finally going to square off. So it's Baker and Rosa and they did the same thing in the main event with Cole and Page. And when they finally did square off, the reaction from the crowd was almost nothing. And you you were you were expecting that huge pop, you know, like oh, we're finally going to see these two get their hands on each other, and it was like nothing. Now I don't know if that was because of the way the match was going and people just wanted it to end. I think that was part of it. I think that part of it was they were so worked up from everything else they'd seen, you know, from specific, you know Danielson and 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 we're going to have that again tonight or uh, on Sunday. So um I do think they're in a really tough spot and I I I would have preferred to see this match as the main event of a dynamite as opposed to the fifth match on a pay-per-view.
0: That's just and me. And, and that's really hard with the depth of these cards like you're they they only have pay-per-views you know every every few months and that 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 means that everything that they're building up to one show and so you have like these really really great cards and you know somebody's probably going to get the short shrift though you know, if this is sort of real competition, it's kind of like you should be inspired to to have to follow w- what you just saw. But at the same time, I can also see it being a lot of pressure, like, oh, my gosh, like, how do I follow that? And knowing that the crowd's going to be down and how do you get them up? You know, it's not like, uh, you know, it's old school wrestling and you just like throw on a headlock <laughs> until, you know, until the crowd like, you know, does what you want. You can't do that on a four hour pay-per-view. Um, All right, let's just focus on two more matches here. Um, Those two matches, uh, one of them, the tag team title match, Jurassic Express, Red Dragon, and the Young Bucks. My main concern, it's not really a concern, it's not really a worry, but it's just very um, apparent. The focus of this match is Red Dragon and the Young Bucks. That's going to be a storyline that this looks to be the the beginning stages that, that they're going to tell. The the Jurassic Express, you know, very very much like we were talking about uh, the the world title matches. They, they are just overshadowed as well. In there, they are the champions. Um, I don't know what to really expect here. I do know that uh, we've been talking about you know the the rise of the Jungle Boy seemingly forever now. So I would love to see him uh, be a standout performer in this match. And some of the stuff that they do should benefit to be for his benefit. Uh, But I I don't know. Like I, I I kind of was, mm, I was a little bored last night watching another tag team, multi-man battle Royal. And, you know, I don't know why we had to have two back-to-back weeks, but I am, I am not feeling this match as, uh, as much as I thought I would. I don't know what you guys think, Oliver.
2: It's probably going to be angle heavy. As you said, it's going to be about the bucks and red dragon. I want to say if, if I had to pick one match on the card that was going to be my lock, it would be Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus retaining here. There's mm. some shenanigans between the Young Bucks and Red Dragon that kind of backfire. And that might lead to something in the main event of the show where the Bucks kind of you know, come out and help mm. the hangman or something. I think it's going to be more storyline heavy, more angle heavy than um, than a match that where the result is in doubt.
3: What do you think, Paul? Um, so I actually I, I'm calling for a title change here, um, just because I'm when I'm looking at everything else on the card, I see the champions retaining, and and I think we should have at least one title change, and so I think it's probably gonna be Red Dragon, and I could p- possibly see the Young Bucks taken out, you know, Jungle Boy and or Luchasaurus, and then Red Dragon stealing the pin, which is kind of you know like a WWE trope, but and then that could lead into what Oliver's talking about in the main event. You know where because they are. They did tease some stuff where you know the Bucks and Page may be together. There was a one spot where you know the Red Dragon was beating on the uh, on Hangman, and the Bucks did not join in. They just stood there and watched. So they didn't save him, but they also didn't participate in the beatdown. So you know there's there's some stuff going on there, and uh, yeah, I, I just think that it's more interesting to have Red Dragon as the as the champions going forward because then the Bucks can be the challengers. You still have Jurassic Express. You got Centennial Ortiz, you know, um, having a heel tag team. And I mean, you could easily just do the Bucks as well, but I just, you know, Red Dragon. I now It's now or never with them. You know, Bobby Fish isn't getting any younger. And if you're going to put the tag team titles on them, it's probably better to do it right now.
0: Uh, okay, so last match I want to talk about. Uh, Keith Lee versus Orange Cassidy versus Powerhouse Hobbs versus Ricky Starks versus Wardlow and either Christian Cage or Ethan Page in the face of the Revolution ladder match for a future AEW TNT championship now. MJF last night said that Wardlow uh, could keep his, his his TNT title if he does win this match and then win the TNT title. So there's something there. Wardlow is being built up like a monster. He's not getting the Goldberg Ch- uh, chance necessarily but there's a little bit of uh, Dave Batista evolution going on there's a little bit of Goldberg going on uh he seems like one of those guys who you're supposed to be paying attention to who doesn't get a tremendous focus obviously being a part of MJF is is uh is is a big act for him uh but there are other folks you know Keith Lee very much uh heralded uh debut Um, powerhouse Hobbs. I think people want to see more of him. Same with Ricky Starks Uh, and then Christian cage more probably uh, to kind of keep that match together, help them put it together. So Oliver, a, who do you want to win? And uh, B, what, what do you sort of expect out of this?
2: A would be Ricky Starks because Mm -hmm. I would love to see him and, and Sammy tackle a tassel for a while. Tussle. And the thing I like about this match is because there are so many heavy guys in the match, I think we're going to get a couple of spots that you usually wouldn't get with ladders, where they're going to try to kill each other with the ladders <laughs> on the ground, as opposed to killing each other from the ladders way up top. The one problem I have right now is it's going to be really hard to even keep pace with the ladder match that Sammy had with, with Cody just a couple of weeks ago. So yes. they're going to have to pull out all the stops to make this special. Otherwise, it's going to fizzle out.
0: Do you sense that if Wardlow doesn't win this match, Spears is part of the reason?
2: Please never split those two up. Sean <laughs> Spears has been so great over the past yes. couple of months. As yeah. the flunky, I, I, I never want this to end. Even though I want it to end, I don't want it to end.
3: All right, Paul, thoughts? So A... Uh, I, I'm good. So before last night, I thought it was going to be Wardlow, but then as soon as MJF said, "Oh, you can keep the title if you win," yeah. now I think it might not be Wardlow. Yeah. Um. So I'll say a Keith Lee. That, I think who that's who to- I'm. Yeah. Because I, I really want to see him and Sammy Guevara. Like I, you know, him throwing around Sammy Guevara for 15 minutes. That's going to be fun. And then, um, what? Oh, what do you expect out of the match? Um, I think yeah, like I think it's going to be like a. There was a, one of these matches that I think Cody and Ricky Starks were both in. Well, it's the last um, face of the revolution ladder match. The one that Ethan page was the wild card. And, uh, and that one, you know, we're going to see a lot of, you know, guys, probably Ricky Starks and orange Cassidy, you know, being, you know, taking these heavy bumps, you know, like, orange Cassidy doing his suicide, you know, his probably a dive off the top of the ladder and, and all this stuff. And, Yeah. And just some Haas stuff, you know, I'm really looking forward to. And then Christian there to kind of keep it all together. And uh, I I expect this to be a sleeper, you know, like, you know, I know know you guys don't like stars, but like a four star (laughs) plus match, you know, and, uh, you know, and hopefully it opens the show and uh, it it should be really good. All right. The matches we didn't really talk about uh, on the
0: buy in show hook against QT, Chris Statlander against Layla Hirsch. Uh, and then uh, Jade and Ty Conti. We kind of talked about it a little bit. Uh, the match that I have no reason, I have no idea why it's on this <laughs> card is Andrade, Isaiah Cassidy, Matt Hardy versus Darby Allen, uh, Sammy Guevara, and Sting. Uh, and we when we hit all the other matches. So the reason why I didn't want to get through all that because I did want to save a few minutes here for this UFC 272. Main event between Colby Covington and uh, Jorge Masvidal. Now, Paul, you and Ryan talked about sort of the back storyline yeah. of why this match matters, why it's a big deal, why people are interested on, uh, in the clinch, which went up uh, Tuesday. Uh, can you give us a condensed
3: yeah. version of that? And then, uh, and then we'll just talk about the match. Yeah, I mean, and if you want to hear, Ryan broke it down like really well on on In the Clinch. You can go back and listen to that on the free feed. But so essentially, Colby and Jorge Masvidal were teammates at American Top Team, and they were training partners because Colby was going to help Jorge with his wrestling, and Jorge was going to help Colby with his striking. And, you know, to the point where Jorge even cornered him for his interim title match against, uh, I think it was uh, Kamara Usman, uh, you know, a couple of years ago. And then, you know, they. Then Colby started doing this gimmick of, you know, being the contrarian, you know, the Trump lover, all this stuff. Uh, and Dan Labert helped him out a lot with that, you know, t- tying it into AW. And then uh, basically Colby just started living his gimmick and he became <laughs> impossible to deal with. And they, you know, they had a falling out. And it, actually at one point they were both kicked out of American top team. And then they brought Jorge back and now Colby's with, you know, uh, with other guys and yeah. And they, and they just, now this worked hatred has become like real hatred because Colby's calling Jorge fake and, and Jorge is, you know, a street fighter, you know, and, and Colby will call him a street thug and he will use that word exactly how you want it. You know, you think it shouldn't be used. That's what he means. And uh and I think if this was an actual street fight, Jorge would kill him. But I think <laughs> in an MMA match, uh, Colby's probably got a, a few more tools in the toolbox. And so that's what I was wondering because yeah. now, you know, the, the the the
0: main the main thread to both of these guys is um uh so Colby's last three fights, uh one and two beat Tyron Woodley and lost the other two fights to Kamaru Usman and Jorge Masvidal's last two fights are also losses to Kamaru Usman. I know one was sort of a, a last minute kind of thing, but th- this this is sort of like, uh, you know, the fight is, is more about this rivalry than it is about, you know, necessarily who's going to get the next shot at, at, at Usman because they've already had their shots. Uh, but Masvidal is such a, uh, I, I, he's, he's, I guess he's kind of compelling, but he's very charismatic I thought uh, in during the pandemic he was one of the guys who made himself much bigger just by doing media. I saw him on a couple of different ESPN things. Now he also has interesting politics that probably detract from uh, from from you know what what people if they enjoy him or not. Uh, Colby, on the other hand, you know you said the thing about how he started to sort of buy into his gimmick. Uh, one of my friends is uh, Instagram friends with his sister. And she said she she asked me about it. She's like, "What is what's the deal with this guy?" And that, so I kind of told her, and she's like, "Yeah, because like normal Instagram, and then at a point it was all pro Trump stuff, and so like the the family is like bought into this thing as well." So uh, I don't know. Just I, I'm I sort of feel the same way as you do. I think this is probably Colby's fight to lose. And uh, it would be un—I uh, think it'd be make a lot of people unhappy, but maybe yeah. it makes a lot of people happy. Oliver, how closely are you following this, if at all?
2: Well, I've known both guys for many, many years. I've spent time at American Top Team watching them train with each other. I've been on the receiving end of a couple of calls where people complained about each other. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of reality in, in in what what's being presented right now, and I don't expect them to make up after the fight. No. I'm always going to have love for Jorge Masvidal because he starched Darren Till, who's (laughs) one of the people I dislike the most in in the entire sport. That's awesome. But I think he's getting ridden by Kobe for five rounds, and I don't see how he he wins this. So I think Kobe's got this in the bag. The problem is that it isn't really for a title shot, but the loser is probably out of title contention for good. So I kind of hope that that Jorge manages to starch Kobe but I, i'm not confident in that one so the, I, what, I think I'm, I'm going with Kobe the i'm i'm very
0: interested in the crowd reaction to both guys too like uh, um, uh you know how how both guys are sort of uh, welcomed by the crowd and then what happens when the fight starts turning uh, i'm kind of interested I, I mean i hope things are going to be civil but um all right so paul and i uh will be back this weekend cuz paul and ryan are doing the in the clinch ufc recap which we are putting exclusively on the patreon and i'm going to join them i i this is a make good because i I missed the last one but um so we'll be on together on the patreon if you want to hear us break that down and uh oliver what's going on with you man what 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 uh where can we find you and you know how do how do we how do we how do we see and hear from more oliver
2: well, technically, you would have to move to Germany so you can watch more <laughs> TV wrestling in Germany. Um, I'm mostly on Dynamite or Rampage, usually on Rampage more than on Dynamite. And other than that, I'm still waiting for the next trailer pay-per-view. There you go. <laughs> still haven't heard, a, haven't heard a word about being on commentary <laughs> there again. And uh, I'm going to be doing the next TNA pay-per-view for Fight as well. Oh, oh nice. So, next nice. Impact pay-per-view. Other than that, I'll, ju- I'll just be out and about and hopefully... Yes. I'm going to catch you at double or nothing.
0: Oh, that will be oh, so yeah. great. It'll be, it'll be so great to see both of you again. Um, I, I know that, you know, pa- Paul's mentioned this privately, but just the, the idea that we've all just kind of, I mean, Paul more so than the rest of us, but just not being able to to travel at well, all.
3: Oliver, no, Oliver more than me. Oh, really? Years. Being stuck in years. Germany. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Hey,
2: listen, I, I used to go to Vegas like every four or five weeks for 20 years. Yeah since my childhood i have not not been in vegas for such a long time as right now
3: wow i, I was years. i was when i when i called today to book my hotels i was mad because i got all my comps were lost because i haven't yeah. been there in two years and they're like we haven't been here in a long time i'm like i couldn't
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah. we so, had a pandemic yeah yeah
3: <laughs> but I, they they were nice i got i got two free nights of the venetian so i'm happy. there you go yeah
0: there you go that works yeah Um, All right. So uh, thank you to you. Thanks to you both for for doing this. Really appreciate it, Oliver. We've been doing this now uh, for for a few pay-per-views and hopefully we can continue to do this down the line as well. Uh, So thanks to Oliver. Thanks to Paul and also to Andrew who popped in at the beginning of the show. He was looking quite dapper himself. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so I am Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out.